0: This is VLX number 40, Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20, False Prophets and Bad Trees. Hello, my name is Father David Nix. God give you his peace. Let's begin in prayer. In nomine patris, et Filii et spiritus santi, amen. God, our Lord, we ask the grace that all of our intentions, actions, and operations be directed purely to the service and praise of your divine majesty. In nomine patris, et Filii et spiritus santi, amen. Our Lord says today, Is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Thus are the words of the Holy Gospel. So, Lord, just finished talking about false prophets, and today we're going to combine the method of St. Bruno and St. Ignatius of Loyola on that. And since everything I'm going to say is kind of important for both parts, I'm not going to give a timestamp today. So, this is for both the apophatic and the cataphatic way of prayer. But before we look at false prophets, let's see what the church fathers have to say about true prophets. Father Lapidate, he's the one who conglomerates all the church fathers, he summarizes it as this, quote, a prophet, therefore, is a teacher who professes the way of life and of understanding things which were not plain to others, whether he foretold future events or not. For in Hebrew, a prophet is called a seer because he sees secret and hidden things, especially such as current or future events, end quote. Again, that's from a saintly 17th century Jesuit named Father Lapidae. But the founder of the Jesuit, St. Ignatius of Loyola, says that anytime you're given immediate peace, that has to be from the Holy Ghost. Satan can imitate different aspects of the spiritual life, sometimes joy, sometimes zeal, but he's not allowed to imitate peace. And thus a real prophet's not going to get his information from a frenetic trance. A real prophet is going to live in and peace where he can see his own life in the life of God, where he can see his own life dwarfed by the life of God. So a real prophet's never going to be very important in his own eyes. Now, that's not to say he's not going to have to swim against the stream. He may be alone in life at times. And by your baptism, by the way, you are a priest, prophet, and king. So when I say today's VLX is to help you be a better prophet, again, this isn't leading you to some type of frenetic trance. Uh, Prophecy, according to the Hebrew notion that we just got from Father Lapide, is to be able to see current events As they are in a very common sense way. So, you know, the the prophet you know might just be an old lady who prays 20 rosaries a day and doesn't think she's someone special, but she gets what's going on in the church and she gets what's going on in the state. So today's VLX is going to be on how to use your own gift of prophecy. And that might sound like a tall order after saying a real prophet's not important in his own eyes. But the fact is this, there's too much at stake right now for false humility on this topic. With all the confusion in church and state, you owe it to your family to learn the basics of discernment of spirits in an online prayer series. Especially as we tackle today's Matthew 7, beware of false prophets. You don't think that was only 1st century or maybe the 4th century with the Arians. There were going to be false prophets in all ages of the church. And we're going to see why you have to be astute to that even today. Maybe we could even say especially today. Now, not everybody has all the time in the world to guide their family to the right website on election news or church news, but with good mental prayer, you can be filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit we need now, which I believe especially are counsel, understanding, and wisdom. So please pray for those. Maybe pause this video or podcast and say, Father, in Jesus' name, please send me the Holy Spirit and especially his gifts of wisdom, understanding, and counsel. Today our Lord says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Father Lapidae gives us a stunning line on this. Quote, Now the sheep's clothing which these wolves put on are meant to conceal and veil their errors and heresies, first under the plea of liberty of conscience. End quote. That was written in the year 1600, Liberty of Conscience. Well, that's every heretic today. In 2015, an American cardinal explained he was going to get people living in sin to be able to receive Holy Communion essentially without repentance or confession. And he said, quote, If people come to a decision in good conscience, then our job is to help them move forward and to respect that. The conscience is inviolable, and we have to respect that when they make decisions, and I've always done that, end quote. Well, that might sound nice, maybe even orthodox to a few, but it's exactly as Father Lapide warned in the 1600s. The mark of a false prophet would have a call to the liberty of conscience without any reference to divine revelation so why am i including this in a vlx when i said i wouldn't get political in the vlx series and it's true i try to keep the more political stuff for a category of playlists on youtube called theology and current events but this is important for vlx why because jesus means today's gospel passage for today on false prophets you have to be able to do this so prayer is to be able to discern the world around you too. Not just to make you feel good during the day, but to get you to heaven. And that includes discerning current events around you. It's easy to picture false prophets only in times of Arius, or maybe we like to picture Monty Python in the medieval ages when people were like mean and stupid, which is kind of funny if you consider how much superstitious stuff's happening in the church right now. But there's so much in the media and the church blogs that is full of Satan's lies that you must... You really must figure out false prophets and true prophets today. That's our Lord's command today, not my political injection. And this isn't just done by reading traditional Catholic websites, but by being on your knees. And you should rejoice You're called to this battle of recognizing so many false prophets because you as a baptized Christian are a prophet. And today you can learn how to use that prophecy in your prayer life. Again, not in some frenetic trance, but in a Marian life of prayer. And you can't just go with your emotions on what you feel God is telling you to make yourself a prophet. The church actually gives us some parameters to know we're on the right track in recognizing true prophets and false prophets. In fact, they're found right in today's gospel to tell you the truth. The first way to uncover a false prophet is very simple. A false prophet will teach against the Catholicism that the apostles taught. Very simple. Father lapide also says heretics... Fake three virtues, especially well. One, meekness. Two, simplicity. And three, piety. Meekness, simplicity, and piety. Now, all these are important in the life of a real Christian, too, but the fake Christian leaders are always good at faking those for some reason. Lapidy says they have soft speeches and a garrulous eloquence by which they cover their wolfish ferocity and cleverly insinuate themselves into the minds of hearers so as to infect and destroy them. But happily, the real prophets are just as easy to identify. So how do we identify the true prophets? Easy. They make converts to Orthodox Catholicism. Our Lord said as much in today's gospel passage, every healthy tree bears good fruit. Okay, what is good fruit? Well, Jesus says in John's gospel, it must be lasting. That fruit has to be lasting. So a lasting convert to Orthodox Catholicism. That's it. That's what we look for. Now, can't a false prophet do that? Nope at least not lasting. Our Lord also adds today, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. It's so basic. Whatever you want to call it, anyone bringing others to Orthodox Catholicism or traditional Catholicism, Apostolic Catholicism is a true prophet. A diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. Our Lord also says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Of course, that's a little scary in that Christ's term today, sheep's clothing, is obviously a reference to a shepherd, but it could be more than that or less than that. The Greek here in Matthew 7.15 is very similar to the English. pseudo Can you hear that? Same prefix of words like pseudonym. Pseudopropheton. Modern Greek is a little different from ancient Greek, but you can even hear a little English in the modern Greek. Seftikos prophetis. Seftikos prophetis. As I said in an earlier VLX, we're not called to judge men's hearts, but we must judge men's actions for the spiritual safety of our loved ones. So, for today's mental prayer, both the apophatic and the cataphatic, I'm going to suggest you talk to Jesus and St. John the Beloved in your mental prayer at the last supper as you and John rest your head against Christ's heart as you talk about getting your family and your community to heaven in 2020 or whenever you're listening to this 2021 2022 a time chalked full of false prophets where you're still called to get your family or your community to heaven now remember Jesus had many crowds following him And then one concentric circle in are the 72 disciples. And then one concentric circle in are the 12 apostles. And then even of those, you have Peter, James, and John. And these are the three apostles he brought to very extraordinary events like the Transfiguration. Again, that was only Peter, James, and John. And really of those three, only John, only one of them, that was John, remained at the cross with Jesus, of course. Now we think of Saint John as just resting against the heart of Jesus as the youngest one, the most gentle of all the apostles, and certainly he was. And certainly he also had the most unspeakable contemplation at the Last Supper as he rested his head on Christ's heart. Can you imagine listening to the beat of the heart of the Sacred Heart of Jesus as he's about to give you his heart in the Eucharist? But this great lover of God, St. John the Beloved, we forget that after Pentecost, he also had to warn people against heretics. He specifically had to warn people against a Gnostic heretic named Serinthus, In the first century, a Gnostic Catholic was essentially a New Age Catholic. Well, St. John the Beloved ran into him at a bathhouse. And by the way, bathhouse didn't have those bad moral undertones that bathhouse in San Francisco has now. Back then, it was more like a public gym meets the showers at a truck stop. But anyway, St. John ran into him there and then left that place saying to his friends, Let us fly from here for fear that a bath, wherein the enemy of truth is, should fall upon us. So St. John, right there, spoke of a heretic, a false prophet, that way. Quote, let us fly from here for fear that a bath, wherein the enemy of truth is, should fall upon us. End quote. You see, in other words, that ancient Jim would collapse under the weight of God's wrath against someone who would stand against apostolic teaching. Imagine that. The one known as St. John the Beloved. The one known as the Beloved Disciple. The one who Jesus loved the virgin who would not leave the virgin at the cross. This gentle one was also the one who kept his distance from a new age Catholic and even threatened God's wrath against him. This is why love and vigilance for your family on teaching are not opposed. St. John writes this in his first letter about false prophets, chapter 4 of his first epistle, quote, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error." Quote. So right there, the spirit of the Antichrist will teach that what we do in our bodies doesn't matter, only what we do in our spirit. Think about that for a minute. But even more important in your prayer today, think about St. John. Rest on Christ's heart with him today and asking for wisdom for your salvation or the salvation of your family, or if there's any priests or nuns out there, for the salvation of your communities. So my suggestion for both methods of prayer today is to rest with John on the heart of Jesus and speak to one of them or both of them for 5 to 15 minutes and ask them for the grace of the Holy Spirit. Maybe even ask for the grace of prophecy. Not a frenetic prophecy, but this common sense this common sense of seeing the church and the state and that it could come alive in your life. Not in some type of worrisome arrogance where you just annoy people or a scrupulosity, but that Hebrew notion of prophecy to see current events and current theology in the radiant light of Christ's incarnational truth. It might leave you alone, but it will leave you in peace. And if you ask in humility, I think God will revivify that gift he gave to you at baptism and confirmation. Please say now, our Father, for me, et benedictio deum nepotentis patris sufiti spiritu sante, descendit supervos et semper. Amen.